Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio. Hello everyone, hello world out there. This is Helena Steiner-Hornstein with the Above and Beyond, and it's Tuesday again, but this time I'm not sitting with you live. I'm actually recording this particular session because I'm traveling. Right now when you're listening to this, I should be in Sweden, but in in process of getting into cars, I think, <laughs> just getting out of an airplane. So I have one guest with me today, and it's an old friend of mine. His name is Terence Tullgren, and Terence is actually a distant Swede. He just told me that his grandfather came from Sweden, and the name is Tullgren, very Swedish name. So are you there, Terence? I'm here. I'm taking the toll, yes. Here I am, Tullgren, <laughs> and um, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you, Helena. You asked to project it back into Miami, which is a good thing, and we're ready to talk about spirituality in the realm in the world of interior design. That's right. You know, and when I met you the very first time, you were producing spiritual shows over on television, and you were very heavily involved in that. And of course, you were also an interior designer. Uh, but I met you as a producer. Are you still doing those shows? You know what? We're trying to put another show together, actually with a famous intuitive in Miami called Frances Fox. She's able to read energy, so she's trying to work on a show where she goes into different properties and reads the energy and clears the energy. And um, the interesting thing about it is she will give people tools to clear energy in their own spaces, something that everybody can do. Because, for example, if you've had a party and there's some negative energy there or the previous owners were in the house and you want to clear that out, I mean, there's different um, aromatherapies one can use. You can sage the house. You can do crystal bowls, which give a vibration for clearing. So you don't really need a professional to do this, even though it helps to be specific yeah. on one kind. And I really believe myself that we all have those healing powers within us. And what I'm using, I'm using the light, the white light, which is the God energy. And anyone can do that. That's the truth. And that's the same thing in in design. Everybody has their own innate feeling. It's all God-given. It comes by inspiration, and it's divinely guided. And that's what one necessarily has to follow when they do interior design. It's it's, everybody, Everybody has a look. Everybody has a feel. And... A barometer for that is when you go into a store and you go, oh, I like that. No, I don't like that. I mean, there's a core a core in each person where it starts. And even in the dictionary I was reading before, uh, an uh, explanation of spiritual, it says, characterized by the ascendancy of the spirit, showing much refinement of thought and feeling. So we have each within us refined our, our, our idea, our concept of what we feel is right and correct for us in an interior situation. And that's what I see with, with uh, clients. You know, there are some designers that will go and actually bowl over a, a client. They won't listen to a client, which... You is, know, that's so true. They are the ones who, who, who decide and dictate what to do, and that's not quite right. So you don't do it that way. I, I don't, and that's why I don't have, quote, a look. If you look on one of my websites, there'll be like 40 different design styles because... I think, and, and true designers 
feel that it's your your necessity to guide the client through, to direct them. As I said, they have a whole sense of what is correct for them. They're they're connected to what they feel is right, and it should be your 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 true objective to follow them through the process, not let them make any design flaw mistakes in terms of rudimentary things like buying furniture that's too large or that won't fit or things like that. But just follow their, you know, key into them. And that's where the, you know, spirituality and intuition comes in. You key right into a person and guide them and, um, and let them develop their own sense. Yeah, so we're now coming back to what I'm talking about. You know, I say that as a mantra when uh, I have a group or when I want to meditate with them. Mm-hmm. And I say, within you there is a place that knows all and sees all. And that is the core of the one that you are. And that's exactly the place you're talking about, isn't it? it? And it's trusting, trusting. And as you said, yeah. everybody has that ability. Everyone can develop their intuitive skills and any clearing they need to do, as you said, with white light. And they don't really need a designer. They can do it themselves. We just make it a little easier for them. This is the whole point. What I feel is so important, we should make people independent from you know, any kind of control out there. Trusting, just trusting your intuition. Trusting, on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is the difference between an interior designer interior and an interior decorated interior? Well, an interior designer is licensed by an association, where an interior decorator can possibly have just um, studied as an apprentice or learned on the street or, or been self-taught. But interior designer, actually, there's, there's accredited courses for that. But let me and tell that's you. that's what this. you are. Well, I'm, You're I'm a designer. I didn't, I, no, I didn't accredit it. And this is what I'm oh, saying. Okay. Like, I learned on the streets. I was in the garment industry. I was in the film industry. And uh-huh. I truly believe if you can design, you can design anything. I designed jewelry with, with Richard Simmons, which is a whole TV show in itself. Yeah. There was designing <laughs> yes, clothes. I mean, so, no. <laughs> so if you if you design, you can design. And I actually got in design by coming to Miami and um, translating in Spanish for some designers that were making furniture in Hialeah that were renovating hotels on Ocean Drive. And they asked me to speak Spanish and translate because they didn't understand um, Spanish and couldn't communicate with the furniture makers. So when I started to do that, I thought, Lord, you know what? I can design anything, and I can certainly design this, and I think a lot better than you because I've been around the world, and I've worked in fabrics and sets and everything. So you know what? You don't need to go to school for this, and I don't think you need to go to school for a lot of things. If you have the desire, and as you said, everybody has the ability to learn whatever. Nobody has ever, ever asked me if I were accredited, and I've got really, really high-end clients, So, and no one has ever doubted my ability. So. Yeah, and this is so true that it's not the school that you have gone to. It's what I'm doing. I've never gone to school to learn healing. Really, and look at you. You're around the world giving amazing seminars, helping people. And the thing is, you know, there are a lot of kids that go to design school, and they're sitting there without any clients. That, you know, it's life skills too, and it's communication with people. And let me tell you, they – Clients really appreciate the integrity because one of the things we're going to discuss is being spiritual in business. And you know what? It's universal, and it permeates every business. It's 100% the way life works in business, too. If everybody's not in a win-win situation making a profit, then it's not going to work. And that's why I give referral fees for um, clients that have uh, been turned on to me 
because I wouldn't have them if it weren't for, for that. And you can be spiritual in business, and you are, you've seen, shown that you are spiritual in your, your business, and the integrity needs to permeate every aspect of your life, and you can be a spiritual person in business. Andrew. Yes, of course. Of course, you, you, you know, and I think so many of those successful business people out there who have made a lot of money mm-hmm. have done this on a spiritual foundation. They don't right. know that this is so, but I still believe they are working with the, with the, uh, with the laws of, 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 of spirituality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that. And then look what's happened and look where the people possibly might have prolonged doing that, but then are doing it in a massive way like Bill Gates that are giving back in incredible ways, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. to balance what they've done in business. So, you know what, you can be spiritual in business, and I think in interior design you have to be because it's such a personal business, and you learn so much about people's lives and their integrity and what they believe in, and, um, and it's definitely an aspect of, of uh, design, the spirituality. Yeah, do you have clients and you feel, oh, God, these people are not spiritual, these people are so difficult, these people have no feeling for I had one for today. Love, I had a very, nature, so very wealthy you, Russian you, client that I had to jump in and take over his, his penthouse today in, in Bell Harbor, actually this week, who's completely negative. He he was taken advantage of by his uh, his contractor, totally got taken advantage of, had the worst marble floor installation and chip marble everywhere and it was so negative and I came to jump to to try and salvage everything and all he kept doing was harping on the harping on the the scenario of what happened in the past. He said, Listen, if we're gonna work forward, we're gonna stop this right now, I'm not gonna work with you because I can't hear about what happened in the past. We're gonna rectify this. It's over, it's done with. You can simply afford to rip up the floor even though I don't understand he's being penny wise and pound foolish and will regret it. But I said, from now on, I don't want to hear any negativity. And I stopped him seven or eight times, and he blessed me. He said, thank you for that. Thank you, thank you. And I'm going, like, yeah. you're a school kid. I don't have to keep saying this every five minutes. But, sure, there are people that get in situations. But you know what? There's diplomatic ways to, to bring them there. And there's, um, you know, design, really. I'll, and I'll tell you honestly, it's probably 20% design, 80% psychology and diplomacy because when you have a husband and wife together and they're bickering about something and it gets nasty, <laughs> I mean, a lot comes out and you just try and smooth over the water and put it in perspective and go, listen, there's a lot more important things in life than this. You know, let's just concentrate on this and leave the emotions out of it and concentrate on the facts and be positive. And you know what? You ought to be grateful you have a house because there's a lot of other people in the world that don't even have a house. So, Is that know. ever a comment you're making to people to be grateful that you have a house? If people A hundred percent. This man was bitching really? today, and I said, you know what? You've just got to stop this and be grateful. You've got this beautiful house overlooking the ocean, which people give a fortune for, and you're just so negative about it instead of being grateful. You should open that door and express your gratitude each day. And I constantly do. I drive over the causeway to go to Miami to where I work, and I'm just grateful every day I have this opportunity because, trust me, I'm very well aware of the misery in the world and trying to do what I can do to help elevate it. Because I even did, when we spoke a little bit about this, about um, green design, trying to help you know, the world in terms of um, resources. I put up a new website called greeninteriordesignresources.com, totally free, actually in honor of a friend of mine who's a, the largest corporate uh, builder in the world who has taken it upon himself to save the polar bear species and penguins and puffins and everyone who's affected by global warming 
and he won. And how is doing that? Uh, how is he, he is saying the polar bear? He's in Howard Ruby, and he has created books. He won. Um, he's documenting. He's paying Eskimos actually money to track uh, polar bears, and he's tracking them throughout uh, Russia and North America and Canada. And he's documenting this with the government. He's also set up uh, educational programs um, to teach kids about, you know, these different species that are becoming extinct and documenting this. So he was awarded, I guess it was in October, Photographer of the Year by Nature's Best Magazine and had a phenomenal um, exposition at the Smithsonian. His work, it's on howardruby.com, and it's, it's awe-inspiring. And... Because of him, I decided to do a green website because he had galvanized so many people around the world at this event to really do whatever they could do. And I thought, you know what? I can do this. I can bring people together. I can show them resources that will help save the planet. And interestingly enough, both of you and I being Sweden, Swedish, I don't know if you saw on, I think it was NBC News. NBC News the other night, yes. About Sweden being green. And you know what? I think that's directly related to speaking about spirituality and people's consciousness to a higher consciousness, a higher level of spirituality. And I just wondered, Helena, because we've never spoken about this, but since the Swedes, you know, have this incredible gift of being, not gift because they work at it, of being so green, do what do you notice about spirituality with the Swedes? Do you feel, with all the lectures you give and all the travels, is, do they have a heads up on that, a little higher um, advantage, you think, to people because they are so, they've mobilized, they've actually turned that into something that's demonstrable. So I wonder yes, how... Now, I would love to speak on that subject, and, you know, I have actually a lot to say, because, you know, you have all Scandinavia, you have Norway, Sweden, right. and Finland, they're all, you know, parallel with each other, right. and they all have this feeling for the green, you know, for, for mm. green, you know, for, mm. for nature. The mm. Finns have an extremely strong connection to, to nature, and you know the Finnish style is, is extreme. I mean, it's very mm. clean, mm. it's very clear. And they have also a very a deep feeling for spirituality, extremely okay. spiritual spe- uh, people. That, and I even sense. feel that the big thing that's going to happen spiritually in the world might mm. come from one of the Nordic countries, not necessarily Sweden, though, mm-hmm. because Sweden is uh, it's been very socialized somehow, okay. uh, and Sweden have been Swedes have been taken care of to think and feel. You know, the government has mm-hmm. done a lot for them, but the Swedes are still very spiritual people. And I notice when I'm in Sweden, you know, I'm sold out, you know, weeks ahead of time, mm-hmm. because there is a thirst in Sweden more than probably in any other country in the world. Well, are you saying that it's more nature-driven then, like the Finnish, that it's more derived from their their connection with nature? uh, It could be. You know, the Norwegians are, again, extremely spiritual. And, you know, if you have been in in Norway, you know, you have those Norwegians up on their bicycle or in their booth walking (laughs) in the mountains early in the morning. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so do the Swedes. The Swedes are out in nature. They love nature. So they have a strong connection to nature. So yeah. that's why they want to save it. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, but of course, there are always interests that want to stop spirituality somehow, that see that um, it's a threat to their control, maybe from the organized religions or what it could be. 
and even the government. All the old stuff is still sitting in there, I think. But no, I take my hat off for Sweden and Finland and, and Norway and, and Denmark and you know, all the Nordic countries who are so much going for save the nature, you know, and for saving the planet. It's Helena, incredible. how is that? Because Russia is close by, and we're talking about old things, like you were saying, has it filtered over to, like, the edges of Russia? Has uh, Because I've not been there, and I don't know if you lectured there or familiar yes, with Yes, I've been there several times, yes. And has has spirituality, you know, filtered through because of their, you know, um, juxtaposition to the, the Nordic countries? Uh, they have a connection with nature. However, they have no idea how to take care of nature, what I have seen, you know. I've been so appalled how they have had all the smoke in the middle of Moscow just pesting, just poisoning people all around them, and how the rivers are it have like surface like ice, but it's all dirt, you know, pollution. And the ducks and the geese and everything are standing on that crust of, of pollution on top of the water. I've seen that. So they haven't come that far. But people in themselves are spiritual, and they have always been that. Of course, religion was forbidden in Russia. But the Russians are extremely religious people. And I was invited by uh, the Orthodox uh, Church there to have lunch with them, Orthodox, well, I yeah, suppose, the, the Russian Orthodox Church, and uh, they were extremely kind to me, and they asked me to to look at them, you know, to heal them. <laughs> and I don't think any minister in Sweden would ever do that. But in Russia, they asked me to do that for them, and they admired me for it, and they, they even asked other people who had, like, sick children to come and see me. Mm. And uh, how they were involved in this feeling of spirituality. So for for the Russians, you know, it's been there for a long, long time. And the Russians have had many, many problems through the, uh, you know, through centuries. So I think they've taken this escape into either religion or spirituality. Oh, well, let me ask you a question, because this was interesting, because I know you read energy, I mean, in people. You see the threads that connect them to the cosmos. When you enter a room, energetically what do you see and because you know i can see certain things as a designer and i can feel i actually feel when things are off i mean I'm, i can enter a room and it's not right i have to set something correctly not only visual but feeling wise and then i can rest because it makes me very anxious it's such an intuitive thing and do you what kind of feeling do you get since you're so sensitive when you walk into a room and you dismiss the you know the visual with the people but if you're just in a space how do you how how can you assess it um psychically i it always come the first thing i do i come in with a positive feeling okay. so I, i'm not come entering this room with a feeling oh this is not going to be good right. or this is going to be good you know mm-hmm. so um, but i'm hit by if if it's a room filled with various people, I would pick up on those feelings. And that can be, you know, I get a negative feeling or I get a positive feeling. What if it's people. vacant space, a vacant space with no people? A vacant space. Again, it's a matter of feeling that okay. I get before I get the visual. And okay. once I have entered the room and I stand in the room and I have the feeling around me, then I start to see almost like spirits around me. And uh, and I'm drawn to pieces of furniture. You know, if you have an antique, for instance, that mm-hmm. piece of furniture is very 
loaded with energy. And I can even see it the way I perceive, see, you know, like on my private screen in front of me. See, so, I, so I see you, who, who it belonged to. Oh, interesting. So you'll, you'll go through the whole, oh, interesting. I just met, well, you know what? I met a phenomenal painter in L.A. last week from London who's Jonathan, I have to look at his last name, who does these extraordinary detailed paintings of huge castles and estates. He'd just gotten back from meeting Prince William. And the interesting thing about him, it's, it's almost anal. I mean, he will count the, like the flower blossoms on the bush in a huge orchard in an estate that he paints. He goes to that degree. But he's intuitive, and he actually... Um, will go through and see things from four or five centuries before. So he will discuss this with the lords or the you know the the royalty of the castle, and they say, oh no, please include that in the in the painting if this is what you've seen. So it's interesting. He will like there was this one extraordinary castle he painted, and there was a woman beating a rug out the window. Obviously, she did that probably 400 years ago, but the but the the royalty said, no, my God, you've got to include that if this is the energy you see in this in this space you need to include that and also you know he would dig around and said you know this about a thousand years ago there was tapestries or there was this here so they said no you need to include them so you know sensitive people in spaces and design have a whole other take on on you know on on interior design than we morbid people do that just go in and and put furniture in i mean you you see another dimension of it which is a gift. It's so true. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you feel that certain colors have certain qualities. And spiritual 100%. Qualities. And that's what I, that I, I was going to speak about when, um, you know, you can make your home a spiritual retreat. Anybody can, and it doesn't take any money to do. I mean, just a can of paint can just brighten up your whole well-being. And, you know, there are trends in design, and right now, in America, at least, everything is dark wood, which is called Wenge or Espresso, and that will change, and everything is very minimalistic because that changed after 9-11. I was actually doing manufacturing furniture because I manufactured jeweled furniture, and the furniture before 9-11 was much more opulent, much, much more ornate, and the, the trends changed right after to 9-11 to very severe, very clean, very minimal, and... Mm-hmm. Um, and that's still, you know, it's evolving, but it's slowly. It's evolving into things that are a little more ornate at this point. But, so uh, well, how can we make your home a spiritual retreat? What colors? Surrounding you yourself. First, any mementos, anything you love, anything that warms your heart, that has any kind of memory and comforts you. It can be bringing any of the natural elements in. If you like water, having just um, even a bowl of water floating of picking a flower outside and just floating it in a beautiful, you know, inexpensive glass dish right in the middle of a cocktail table. That'll just tie in the water. You know, if you're not, you're yeah. not around water and you love water, you can put, if you love the mountains, you can have rocks. You can build like a little rock mountain and, and, and with water in it and just bring what, however you want to bring the elements in with green plants. I'm definitely not a... a fond of anything artificial and plants and there's lots of plants that require no light whatsoever there's dracaenas which actually in brazil people put by their front door because it's supposed to take um invasions anybody who the jealousy out when somebody comes in it's supposed how, to how does is that it's not a corn plant is it or exactly a dracaena is a, it corn, is a corn plant exactly. yes mm-hmm. and it requires no light so there's that that's, whole family a of plant, dracaenas yes. 
people can have and not worry because oftentimes they say, well, I'm not here, this or that. You can always use that. And the color. Color is critical. You know, whatever resonates with you. If, for example, in my jewel beds, if you go to jewelbeds.com, I have a really interesting site that has maybe 50 gemstones on it. And when I work yes, with Yes, I'd like you to describe that bed uh, that uh, okay, I well, found out about was, a few years ago. I'll finish this thought and go back. Anyway, you, you, yeah. you, you're gravita- you gravitate towards the stone, and you gravitate towards the stone for a reason. It's for the energy that, that you're lacking. So I came up with a concept to do, um, to do sleep rejuvenation, like a new dawning of, of sleep rejuvenation by using uh, jewels and, and beds, quartz, since I lived in Brazil and was a stone dealer there. So I made the first jewel bed that was actually, it lights up. It's, um, it has uh, finials of rose quartz, which represents love and tranquility, and a headboard that, have stone, that has rose quartz embedded in it. And everything is on a dimmer so it can light up. And that, the purpose of that was to create furniture that would have a metaphysical quality because I was dealing with a lot of people that I thought weren't integritous in, in the furniture business. I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put a whole other spin on furniture and give people more of a reason to buy furniture, not just for the practical aspect, but the spiritual and, and um, metaphysical qualities. Yeah. So I evolved these metal, very, very labor metal, $20,000 metal um, and jewel beds into something much more uh, clean and sophisticated after 9-11. I morphed the, the concept into upholstered beds that would be embedded where the tufting is with these jewels. So I could use leather, I could use suede, I could use shantung silk, and put jewels where the tufting was. So what I found out, it was really interesting. I would go to clients and I'd go, here, here's a box of 50 stones to choose from. Just show me what you love, what, what speaks to your heart. And it would be interesting. You know, they would, one would pick lapis or one would pick abalone or one would pick this. And then I would read them the energetics of that stone. And 98% of the time it was something that they felt they were lacking in their life and needed. And consequently, I incorporated that in beds. I, I then evolved it into pillows, and I even did collages of art with them. Um, That's so fantastic. You don't need to buy a bed, but it's fun just to look at the stones, and you touch the stone, and it'll roll over and tell you the meaning of it. So it's fun just to, to look at it at a glance and go, okay, what's my favorite stone? And you turn it over and go, wow, this is what it means. And, you know, maybe that's a quality that you wish to have. Not necessarily you have to sleep in a bed. You can buy a stone. You can just meditate on it because that's something yes. that your spirit needs. So, again, color is critical. And this is a roundabout way about going into color. So, you know, as I said, an easy, easy way to spice up a room is just to paint it. And it's so easy to change it. And just paint one accent wall. It doesn't even have to be the whole room. Yeah. And um, and test the wall first because some bold colors are difficult to live with. I know I have clients all the time, and I just had that same Russian client saying, well, I'm thinking of putting, you know, this room in red, and this and that. I said, okay, well, that's fine. It's well, really you fine. know, Russians do uh, red a lot. They have a lot of rooms with red, in red, and with white right. trimmings. It's very but much in a bedroom, it can be a bit agitating. And, I mean, I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've had dining rooms. I've had rooms and accents. But I said, well, okay, let's go, you know, maybe let's do the walls neutral and let's do red accents because it might be a little much in this environment to have a whole red room. And that's, you can read my book, too, because I wrote 
a book on sequence of decorating, which I just ran into a woman coming down, a woman in a $4 million apartment holding a piece of wood in her hand, and she said to her girlfriend, well, what do I do first? Do I do the paint the walls or whatever? And I said, well, you ought to read my book, guidetohomedecorating.com. So here's somebody even high-end who doesn't know the sequence. And basically, you don't have to buy the book, I'll tell you, if you're renovating. You somewhat have to know a floor plan. If you're starting in a raw space, I know it sounds backwards, but you'll understand why it isn't. You somewhat have to formulate where the furniture goes because after you formulate where the furniture goes, then you know where the electric goes because the electric work has to be done before the flooring, especially if you're using marble or wood or any kind of flooring. And of course, the electric is usually there when you buy your apartment. Not Well, okay. In America, there are a lot of raw spaces that have no floors. Okay, so mm-hmm. you might, for example, I went in and 90% of the condominiums have no floors. It's concrete, and then you have to put your own floor in. So you walk into the space, and there might be a cable on one side of the wall, and you go, and, and we'll talk about this further, about views and what it does to lift your spirit, not necessarily what the developer had in mind, but what you feel good at. Because I've been in apartments, and they purportedly have uh, a setup of furniture but it doesn't make any sense. Like in this $4 million place, you would look right into someone else's apartment if you put the bed where they positioned it and the cable across from it. So for that room, for example, I had to move the cable on the opposite side of the wall. I had to do that before I put the flooring down or else there would be a wire running right on top of the marble floor. So yeah. for that reason, one needs to go to a space, really think, is this room where I'm going to watch TV? Do I need a phone jack in, in a, a Fortunately, right now, there's not a lot of issue with phone jacks because of, um, you know, wireless phones. But there's also lighting issues. Do I want, you know, a kind of socket built? Do I want track lighting? But it's uh, mainly it's for socket, electrical sockets. And if you float furniture in a room, a lot of times, and I don't know if your listeners know what floating furniture means, floating is just putting... No, what is floating furniture? Floating is not putting, not having a wall to back up to. And a lot of spaces, especially in lofts, that have become trendy and large living spaces. So just standing a chair in the middle exactly. of the room. in the middle of the room. Okay. So I would float, for example, I would just put like a, a, a seating, a primary seating arrangement of a sofa and two love chairs right in the middle of the room to, so I could look straight out at the ocean. And if I were to do that and there really isn't much lighting, I would want maybe a floor lamp or maybe an end table with a, a lamp next to it. Well, all of a sudden, if I have this floor already done, I have to pull a cord above the marble floor and plug it into the wall maybe 15 feet behind me, which somebody will trip on. So Mm -hmm. for that reason, people figure out floor outlets also before they put a floor. So basically, you go into a space, if it is a raw space, you go and you figure out somewhat where the bed, where the furniture goes, then you do the electric, then you do the flooring, and then you do the painting. So there's a sequence of, of how it works in design. And the yeah. other thing for design, it evolves. But evolved. this is for new apartments, of course. But uh, if you come into a home that has been there and existed for quite some time, then you cannot do all those good things. Oh, no, but you, you can move electric. You, you cut through the wall to move electric, you know, but you don't want anything. Or you can run it through the ceilings, but some ceilings are concrete and you can't do that. But if it's an older space, you know, you can always cut through. And if it's, if it's um, plaster, you know, or... It depends if it's wood, obviously if not, and if not, then you have to work with what you have. Um, but 
you know, the other thing about design, which people need to know, and it, it is an aspect almost spiritual too, because he, design evolves. You know, you get you get your inspiration. You start, and you and you actually that's in the book also. You have an inspiration piece when you first start to design. It could be fabric. It could be a painting you love, which and you do amazing paintings. You could do a whole room about around one of your paintings, Helena. Um, but I noticed the energy of my paintings, so that could be for other people's paintings also. Absolutely. The energy is so strong coming out of the painting, so uh, they oh. could even, you know, if That's they have the whole aspect emotions, of art and clash. spirituality. And I was going to discuss that later because um, I remember when I was in college, there was a professor that said, you know, each time you look at a painting, you have an eye and doll relationship with it. It goes, it speaks from to your soul. And if you see a piece of art that does that for you, then you, there's a reason you buy it, and it, it, it gives a message to you, and you can work around the whole room, and that should be your barometer in art. It really needs to speak to you. And as I said, you can build rooms. You don't have to do everything at once. You can start with something, and you'll see, and I've seen this in clients many times over the years, you start with one concept, and it evolves, and it can change 16 times before it's formulated, or even within the process, art the whole design theme will change because you, the client, becomes more comfortable, more trusting, gets more ideas, gets more divine inspiration, and feels more comfortable to to say what direction something should go in. And I love when people don't do a whole apartment at first because in Miami, I specialize in high-end vacation homes where somebody comes in and does a whole – I mean, I just did a place for doctors in, from New York and Boca. I never even met them. I talked to them on the phone and the doctor is one of the top ten urologists in America. She couldn't even find a picture on art.com. And I said, well, just tell me some colors and I'll do the whole house. So, yeah. you know, that's rare that people come in one fell swoop and do a whole house. Normally in a primary residence, they start and they've had pieces from other members, and it, it's more of a gradual process and, and, and more of a, a flow. Whereas, yeah, but those are more for the sensitive and spiritual people, I think, who, who right. want to do and it. One should, and one should with it. let, and everybody should let your design sense flow. It evolves, and it can take time. And and I always said the barometer when you're working is you have to love it. You can go to buy something, and I hate when clients say, well, I don't know. It could do, they say in Spanish, you know, um, it's not that bad. No, I don't want to hear it. I want to hear, I love it. It speaks to your soul. This is what you need. And that's what... Your listeners need to know when they go to furnish their house, they really have to love what, they, what they're buying, or don't buy it, because you'll find yeah. what you want. And that's wonderful that you really have to buy things with feelings and not trendy stuff, you know, that they're the toying. Trends come and go, Helen, right. too. Yeah. I would like Long you to give, months. sorry, I interrupted you, and I just wanted to say <laughs> that I'd like you to give all your websites and how people can get hold of you. And sure. if you can do it now when it suits you. Sure. Well, the so one, the, the book, which gives you the sequence of design, a step-by-step guide to design, is www.guidetohomdecorating.com, guidetohomedecorating.com. That will give you a step-by-step guide to decorating. And avoid a lot of the pitfalls people fall into. I mean, it can save thousands of dollars just by reading it and, and not making mistakes. And that's from 20 years of experience and seeing people. You know, and I just saw somebody yesterday, actually my neighbor upstairs where I live. We have to rip out the doorway to 
for her to get a refrigerator her her son bought her you know why didn't you measure before but that's okay we'll figure it out another way maybe it's more modern with a little bigger doorway too you know Exactly, exactly. And, you know, in older buildings, you have to be cognizant of that fact. In older buildings, you know, you have to really be careful to measure in elevators and turns. A lot of people don't measure the turns in a hallway. They they get a large bed, and, and I don't know how many clients I've had return things because, oh, they don't, they think it can fit, but they didn't get that one last turn into the bedroom, you know. Yeah. So that's an option. Um, the jeweled furniture collection can be seen, and as I said, you can just go there, and, and it's a fun page on different stones and pick a stone that you like just to see the meaning of it, just for your own edification. That's jeweled, J-E-W-E-L-E-D, furniture collection. That's a jeweledfurnitureCollection.com. And the website with uh, interior design uh, options for people that are eco-friendly, it's called greeninteriordesignresources.com. It's G-R-E-E-N-I-N-T-E-R-R-E-S-O-U-R-C-E-S.com. And my um, actual interior design website is um, tntinteriordesignfirm.com. So there's lots of websites, but one way... There are lots of places we can find you. That's Absolutely. great. And I'm and just of one of many right there to help. Miami. <laughs> so um, I wanted to know, uh, you know, what I've seen a trend in Europe, and I'm going to give a, a seminar in a hotel, I think it's four or five-star hotel in Spain. Okay. And they have wonderful four-poster beds and tile floor and so on. And then they have a section of the of this bedroom with a jacuzzi open, you know, to everything. And it's very wonderful large jacuzzi with room for candlelight and champagne glasses Mm -hmm. and so on. And I've seen this trend now in Europe. Do you have that here too? I'm going to show you one this afternoon after this show. There's one very chic building I'm working in, and the master bedroom, there's a huge, probably about a 12, no, maybe 10 by 10 foot square cut out between the master bath, which has a jacuzzi, and the bedroom, and you can sit in a jacuzzi and look straight out in the ocean. It's phenomenal. So it's definitely, and there was also, I want to bring this, it is a trend, because there's, there's a huge design show in Miami called Casa Decor, and actually probably 35% of the showrooms that were there had that spa ceiling. I mean, incredibly very simple, but very zen-like feeling in terms of spas. But the bathrooms were almost living areas. They were so luxurious. So yeah. you know what? That's bringing in water. That's bringing in a, a, a very romantic element and um, and incorporating all the senses right there. And I think it's incredible. I mean, I'll show you today. It's, it's a, a wonderful feeling to be able to sit there languidly and just, you know, walk into your bedroom or jump into the, you know, jacuzzi right from there and have it all there. And, I think and have the big sky right outside the window. Uh, how much do these apartments sell for, just out of curiosity? Um, they're starting like $2 million up, 2 to $8 million. But you know what? If somebody wants to do I was years ago, and this is when I first started, maybe 18, 19 years ago, there was a building in Miami Beach that had that, that had their bathroom straight down the beach. And it wasn't an expensive building at that time. That's like 18, 19 years ago. And I mm-hmm. thought, oh my God, this was brilliant to be able to sit in the jacuzzi and look straight down the beach. Somebody's got to do this again. And there are very few buildings that have done it. But you know, a lot of people can incorporate that. There are 
um, portable jacuzzis that are very reasonable. I had this little beach house on Miami Beach once. It was like a house on top of a, a building, and I had a big terrace, and I was going to put one of those jacuzzis there right outside the bedroom. So you can, you know, if, if someone has space, you can buy a portable jacuzzi and do that either if you have a deck outside your bedroom, if you have, you know, grounds outside your bedroom, if you, if you have a large space, you can put that in. So you can incorporate that. Or you can even open up a wall and, and in your bathroom somehow connect. Yeah, hello. Yeah. So that's an option. And uh, tell me a little bit more about green uh, building and green design now in in Miami Beach. I hear lots of builders are going that direction now. Well, they're trying. They're trying to do it. You know, it's a little more restricted here, I mean, because we're not using wood and we're not using, um, you know, recycled wood or, or a, lot of, a lot of items that people can use up north. But there's a lot of energy. Say, I mean, what everybody can do, obviously, is, is change their lighting, you know, from incandescent. You can change your energy-saving light bulbs. So there's well, anyone can start right at that point to do that. But I, I mentioned to you Casa Decor, which was the large design show. And what was really interesting, there was one, they were Germans that um, opened a company here. Every single thing in their showroom, was in their, in their space, and it was a combination office, bedroom, was green, from the carpet, from the... A very you mean green in color or just green? No, green and um, okay. recycled and natural fibers yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. And the paint, Benjamin Moore makes a, a very, I think it's called Aura, A-U-R-A, a paint that's um, eco-friendly. So oh, that's a good name. There, <laughs> there is flooring available, especially laminate. Mm-hmm. There's flooring available for anyone who wants to go. You can go to mohawk.com, which is a, a mill, and they do different carpets and different um, laminates. You can do the painting through Benjamin Moore. Again, lighting you can change from incandescent to energy-saving light bulbs. There is Kravit, which is an incredible um, uh, fabric uh, manufacturer that has green fabrics. And there, if you go on my green, and I'm not hyping this because I get no money from this whatsoever. It's just a service. But if you go to greeninteriordesignresources.com, you will see different furniture manufacturers that make green furniture. So... um, you know, people in Miami are doing it. I mean, we're, you know, it's harder to do a, a large building solar, but there are definitely people in Miami using solar energy, you know, transporting to that. Oh, that's great. And, and um, they also try to take care of the, of the prevailing breezes, you know, so you can cool your home without too much electricity. Absolutely. Well, there's a whole way of plotting your and designing it according to where the sun hits it. I mean, there's a whole way to, you know, position your house you know, logically, so that it's energy efficient. And that's if you're constructing a home. Um, and where was it, this amazing, amazing uh, building in Dubai, which it's, I, I can't even begin to put my head around it, but the, the, your floor will rotate almost like, um, what's that cube, the, the cube that spins in colors? You can press a button and your whole floor rotates. Oh, really? It's only in Dubai. When you're standing on it, so to speak, and it goes, you mean it rotates around? Completely. It rotates 360. So you don't want the sun in the bedroom, for example, then you'll have the oh. sun. No, it's, it's, I saw a video on it, and it's mind-boggling because the whole floor, each floor will rotate 360 degrees, which is going to probably be a little expensive, but it'll be energy efficient. You don't want the sun in your breakfast area, then turn your 
whole house around. And that's a little... I think that's wonderful. You know, yeah. I love morning it's brilliant. sun it's brilliant. in my bedroom. It's brilliant. <laughs> but the other way is landscaping. I mean, we, we, you know, with the water restrictions we have and the whole world has, I mean, there's, there's definitely, you know, um, plantings one can do that, you know, still are green and that emit, you know, like in the Amazon, but aren't that, you know, require so much water, which is an important thing in landscaping. Yeah. And that's what uh, it's very concerning, I think, uh, with the water shortage and that uh, there could be a problem. Even here in Miami, they keep on building and building, and where is all the water coming from? Right, right. Well, no, I mean, that's, that's a whole issue, and I can't even talk about that because that's, you know, that's all political. So, I mean, who pays off who in order to be, you know, because look at in the Keys. Look at there is only one pipeline bringing water to the Keys. Yes, yes, this brilliant man, and I think it's off of, um, I don't know if it's Key Largo, but he's taken it upon himself to spend his money to harness the undercurrent in the ocean for electricity, which is brilliant. May I just interrupt here and say for our foreign listeners, they don't know what the keys are. You know, these are the islands, islands south of Florida. Correct. That are, yes. that are amazing that were put together through a railroad by Henry Flagler at one time. These were all islands, and a and hundred and some years ago, Henry Flagler built a railroad track connecting all these islands together, which was an, a crazy feat at that time. And then that morphed into the overseas highway connecting these. At one point, there's a seven-mile bridge, which was at one point the longest bridge in the world. So it's, it's, these are truly islands in the middle of nowhere. They're the subtropics. And one scientist decided to harness the underwater energy um, from the ocean and try and convert that to show people that this can be really a doable thing in the Keys and, and hopefully have enough electricity to, to, to use in that one city he lives in. So there's, a, you know, there's people doing amazing things all over the world, trying to galvanize and salvage this problem. And what I feel heartwarming is seeing one of my clients whose kids are doctors, well, one's a doctor, and one is studying sustainability, which is a whole new major in college in America. I mean, who knew that sustainability and environmental engineering would ever become a major? And to see some kids really, really concerned, really doing their part and spreading the word to save the planet because it's up to them. I and mean, we've done enough damage to it and we're trying to salvage it. But, but it's heartwarming to see kids really take a vested interest in it because that's all they have. A lot of kids... Yes, that's their future that is right. ahead of them. And it's about time that also this country now suddenly, you know, is starting on this line. Right. I mean, a, kid, a lot of kids were apathetic before, but now... Yeah. They really have gotten gotten hold of it. So one thing I must say about Jamaica: when you get started, or when we get started here with something like whatever it is, if it's jogging or health food, or now with the with with the environment, you get going. We get going, <laughs> don't you feel? Absolutely. Now it's yeah. the quality we have. Thank God. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful quality that okay, let's do it, and then everyone is suddenly doing it. Right. Now I would like to ask about mirrors. You know, what is your feeling about mirrors? So that, you know, personally, I enjoy mirrors and uh, can actually stand in front of a mirror and begin to pull down the light over me, and that power, you know, of the light is magnifying because of the mirror. What, what you're, is your feeling about A lot of, you know, you're, you're one of a kind in that respect because a lot of people <laughs> don't even look in mirrors because, they're, you know, they don't like the way they look. But 
from a design aspect, you know, I I don't look at it that I look at it in terms of opening spaces up. I don't look at it as a you know energetically like that. I look at what it does to expand a space or to reflect the ocean that you have or or certain design elements, um, which which it does. Um, but it's odd with mirrors. I mean, it's it's just odd watching people with mirrors. I mean, I'll stand and watch people and. And I'll see like 15 people look at themselves in not even in a mirror in in a in a storefront reflection of glass. You know, I mean, yeah. how many mm-hmm. people are when I know what you're talking about, yeah. <laughs> and and others who won't. So, um, and like I had this client today. You know, I said, well, this, and I thought about one of your paintings, Helen. I thought this is a perfect space for an incredible painting. And the woman says, you know what? I think I'd rather have a mirror there because if people are trapped in here, and this this is their private foyer elevator area. I think they'd like to look at themselves. And I went, hmm, that's interesting. Okay, I wouldn't, but you know what? That's what you're feeling, so go for it. I think okay. it's nice to stand in a foyer before you leave to see how you look like. Check yourself, sure, but not yeah. to focus on yourself. But again, you, you've got this innate talent of, of seeing things energetically in mirrors that most people don't. Um, I think they do incredible, their gift to spaces, small spaces, and especially bathrooms to open them up, and I think it's wonderful. And, and what, I, what I feel sad is that when I see energetically a bathroom needs a mirror just to open the space up and the client might be older and they go, well, I don't want to be looking at myself at this age, you know, with the mirror behind the jacuzzi or whatever, and I'm going, you know, it's not about looking at the state you're in. It's about how, what this will do to the space to try and, you know, separate that. And it's interesting because... You know, you look in the mirror and you see this whole energetics, whereas somebody else will look in the mirror and not see that. So Yeah, and, you know, if you're in a bad mood and you look at yourself in the mirror, I'm sure that that bad mood, again, gets back at you. I mean, and you just don't look in the mirror. Without your knowing it. You just don't look in the mirror if you're in a bad mood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing. I have to tell you, I have that problem. I feel terrific and I probably look like crap and I go, I ain't looking in the mirror. I'm not going to have it spoil what I feel like, and I often do that. I won't – I'll disconnect from that because what I feel is what I feel, and I know that it might not be in sync with how I look. But you know what? The feeling overrides the, the look. feeling, yes, of feeling good. And uh, right. when you're a happy person, uh, you know, I love mirrors myself, and I am very – Well, you're beautiful. Awesome. You should. Well, thank you. But, um, you know, I feel good about myself, too, and I don't mind looking at myself in the mirror. <laughs> Yeah, and my mood is usually quite good. Absolutely. So um, uh, what do you feel about if you have a decor all in white? You know, sometimes you come into the home. So I think it's dramatic. I think that can be dramatic because then you focus on the inhabitants. If it's all white, literally all white, then you're the focal point, whoever is living in that space, which can be interesting dynamic because a, a lot of design is psychology. So why does a person, do they need the attention? Do they need everything focused on them? Because you have to think, why does somebody do that? Or do they have, can't they choose anything? Do, do they have trouble making decisions? Do they not represent anything? They can't, everything has to be blank. So there are reasons people do that. It can be very, very dramatic. And I love when somebody does that and then just puts, like one of your incredible colorful paintings, put that on the wall and everything is, is a backdrop to that. It all appeals to the artwork. It all focuses on it. But if it's truly, truly, truly all palette and, and nondescript, then there's something going on psychologically below that because 
they either need the attention, want the attention, can't make a decision, or are very wishy-washy. Because I've seen some spaces like that, and I've seen the kind type of person. Because you're a reflection of where you live. Like it or not, deny it or not, you definitely are a reflection of where you live. Yes. Mm-hmm. And personally, I'm one of those people. And I see that in Sweden particularly also. People have a lot of little personal memos. We're not talking finances whatsoever. You can be very poor, and that's what's fun. You can be really creative with no money. And most brilliant things I've seen, and I love to do personally, is go to somebody's house who has not a penny to spend and just move things around and change things and go, oh, my God, I have no clue my place could look like that. And yeah. it's like with kids, you know, kids in, in fashion and kids in, in design school. They don't have any money, but, man, they're, they're overloaded in creativity and the things, the ideas they come up with. So, you know what, you just got to think a little harder, and you can make your space incredible with no money. You just have to think outside the box, look for inspiration, and know that there are no trends. Follow your inner soul, your own spiritual guide. Follow that yeah. and the space that reflects you. And, you know, sometimes I see people, they put everything alongside the walls, but they dare not put anything in the center of a room. Right. Well, that's, that's, does that mean that's, anything? That's, well, that's what I call floating. It, that, a lot of people aren't aware that one can float. There are no rules in design. And people thought, you know, in the past that everything had to butt up against the wall. That was traditional thinking. But now with a lot of spaces being open floor plans, you can't do that because you'd have a big hole in the middle of the room. So that's why people float furniture. A lot of people just don't know that's an option. And then as I went previously spoke about, a lot of people you know, need some lighting if they're having a couch in the middle of the room, and they don't have that option because they don't want a cord running over a hard floor. So that, you know, that prevents them from doing that. But you can always put a track light up right above the wall and shoot it right, shoot the lights right on the furniture. A lot of it is ignorance and not from, just from not being exposed to that concept. And um, and that's basically... And that's what was also kind of not daring. It's like the Christmas tree that people tuck away in the corner. I always put my Christmas tree right in the center of the room if I can, you know. (laughs) No, there people. It's just from what people have been exposed to, and, and yeah, you know, okay. or design on TV and other other areas that people can get design put from, and then they. Can it's a habit, that. really. We don't so, need. So we should dare get out of the old habit. Absolutely, and there's no rule. So whatever you want to do, do it because it's your house, yeah. it's your space. So. And that's very nice, you know. Sometimes people say, "Oh, come and criticize somebody's home," so oh, she doesn't understand. Oh, no one has the right to criticize. No. It's your space, and you feel what's right and what's right for you, and there's no... What do you feel about if someone feels, instead of doing, uh, you know, everything in in white, instead they want everything black? You know, some people really love black and have wow. black. Well, black, I know, black, a guy, yeah. you know, there's a whole thing with guys doing, you know, dark leather sofas and fucking black, because it's really massive yes. thing. Um, I don't Are think... Are they creating know, a different mood with, with the black? Are they blocking, do you feel... You know what? It's a whole macho thing usually for guys. I've never seen a girl with black. You know, I mean, I've, and I do a lot of couples. I've done single guys. I've done single girls. Mm-hmm. Um, homes and spaces. I don't know that there. I've never seen anything all black, and it would sort of scare me if I did. I'd go, okay. Yeah. Because um, I think that. But would that's be interesting what you say that you see it as guys thing, and the women do they tend to do more uh, one color or or or, or no, all they'll, white? They'll do. Well, they'll do color, but they won't do. You know, 
and interesting now, the trend now is really much more masculine, which was tough for guys years ago because everything was much more ornate and carved and more old world looking and more sophisticated and more elegant. So it was easy for women and it was harder for guys. The trend that's out now, this severe, straight lines, clean, dark wing day, is a very masculine, very clean look. So um, guys really have an easy time decorating now because a lot of stores have this. There's a lot of things made in China reasonably, so it's easy to furnish a house for a guy now. Women tend to shy away from those hard lines as much because it's too severe for them. They want something a little softer. And, actually, and then the guy wants to go to her house and, you know, be in her bedroom because it's more romantic. You know, you go to a guy's bedroom and it's very clean, it's very modern, and it's very almost sterile. And it's yes, usually not too the difference romantic. is incredible <laughs> for, yeah. for the two. Absolutely. So, you know, the, I don't see that much black, you know, in a, in a single woman's apartment. You know, they'll, they'll do some chocolate brown maybe, but even that's, you know, that's, you know, uh, here's a perfect example. I'm doing a doctor's, four sets of doctors in, in condominiums in Boca Raton. One of them has three boys and college football players. There's this very beachy blues, yellows, things. Another one was sages, very contemporary. But the third, who had three girls in their family, I thought would be modern because their house up north is modern, is tend to be very, very sophisticated with brocades and, and uh, damasks oh. and and very frou-frou, and I'm going, well, this is Florida, and it really doesn't fit, but I honor your style, and we'll make it work in the space. But it's to- I would never have expected it to, to turn out that way. Um, and she's got three girls, and it's definitely a yeah. of having three girls. Yeah, you know. it makes a difference in energy, you know. The three girls create a different energy in that Absolutely. home all the time. Absolutely. I don't really myself go for curtains in Florida. What do you feel about that? Well, there's, uh, I think I, there's <laughs> wonderful ones. There's something called solar shades, which are wonderful. They're like shades that are, they have little pin dot, perforated pin dots, and they can allow different um, percentages of light in from 95 to 90 to 80 to 70. And you can also window tint windows, which I've done on apartments. It's the same concept, I don't know, in Europe, but they have the uh, window tinters that put the film on your car windows. I've done that on on huge um, sliding doors in buildings and, and Bell Harbor especially. Okay. And you can't even tell, and it cuts like 80% of the UV rays. So and I, I lived in a penthouse with no window treatments at one time because nobody saw it, and I thought, I don't need anything. And I had marble floors, so I didn't have to worry about, oh, you know, your yeah. fading. So, you know, there's there are options much more um, minimal instead of curtains, and solar shades are great options. And there's something also called luminettes that look like, look like um, verticals that have a sheer fabric to it around it, and so it gives a softened look. So, um, But I think the best option is if you don't need it, open your space up and live, have the outside in and keep the elements, whatever you have in your backyard. And if you don't... Okay, you know, I'm sorry I will have to cut you short. We have 50 seconds remaining. Of let's do a quick hour. meditation. Yeah. <laughs> And I think we can pass on the meditation. I've done it so much, and uh, I will do it next time. So uh, people, I think, they have downloaded so many of my meditations. By the way, I have a new CD coming out called Overcome Everything and Peace of Mind, and you can get it through my website at www.speakingtoyourheart.com. Again, speakingtoyourheart.com. And I have my books, 
speaking, uh, who am I and where am I going, and constant awakening. You can receive them also. You can have all those through Amazon.com. And Terence, this has been a great and informative. And what about your artwork? Your artwork's incredible. You better be selling that too. Blog Talk Radio.